This is Young Gun, a podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. I'm Demetri Ravanis, a Bama grad. She is Lauren Brownlow, the biggest Panthers fan I know, and we are following the team with a microscope on its franchise quarterback. And uh, Lauren, I am getting pretty damn close to just not following the team anymore. Why? Has it been bad? I don't know if you have read the stories in the newspaper, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not been ideal. <laughs> Listen, I, I did not watch the game live yesterday. My child wanted to see the new Trolls movie, sure. which was fun. And I, I have told myself for the last couple of years, I'm not going to carve out time anymore, especially like if I'm around, I will watch them live. Right. If not, I will watch them on tape <laughs> uh, or not at all last year yeah. in that case. But I watched it back again and... You know, I I challenged myself. I have this new box of Christmas tree cakes, mm -hmm. you know, like mirroring. See? Sure. But uh, I challenged myself. I'm like, can I make it through this game without emotionally eating <laughs> a Christmas tree cake? Only one, not a box of Christmas tree cakes? No. Well, no. I, I don't <laughs> think I would even have room in my stomach for an wow. entire box of those. That's like a, that's like over a thousand calories. I don't, I, I don't. Yeah, but when you're emotionally eating, you're not. Uh, well, true. Well, I tried to just give myself the one indulgence of sure. emotional food. And, and yeah, I lasted, I think it was maybe until like the fall start uh, in, to start off the second half. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that's it. <laughs> Getting that cake. So I, I want to tell you about my day yesterday because I made plans to watch the first half live. I was going to go for a bike ride at halftime and then come back and watch the second half on replay. Yesterday or Saturday, um, I was riding my bike and I got a flat tire, my back tire. Is this a metaphor? It probably is. So stand it feels by. like it. Stand Let's by because we are not done. <laughs> okay. I got a flat tire on my, sorry, my front tire on Saturday. So Sunday morning, I took it over to the shop, had him change out the tube, went for a ride on Sunday. I was four miles into a ride. No. Flat back tire. I call my wife and say, hey, I'm four miles from the house. Would you mind coming to pick me up? She said, after I'm done with my Peloton ride. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I was standing, weirdly, in front of a Christmas tree lot, <laughs> holding a bike, just waiting. And I came back, or excuse me, so she comes, picks me up. I drop her off at home. I drive back over to the shop. And it takes them forever to change this tire. And I am just watching a promising first half turn into flat tire after flat tire after flat tire for Carolina. And, and great, it you know started really before ripped, the half ended. They really, it did, but they really ripped the bandaid off fast in that second yeah, half, they didn't did. they? Wow. Wowie wow. All right, before we go any further, let me real quick tell you about the folks at Graffiti Spirits, Axes, and Art, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. And look, folks, I'm not going to make you suffer. On Sunday, Go there to watch every other football game yeah. because there are 19 TVs. You do not have to be focused on the Carolina Bless. Panthers. Yes. Plus, weekly prizes, <laughs> weekly beer specials, weekly bourbon pour specials, Blanton's, $10 a pour, Eagle Rare, Angel's Envy, $9 a pour, McKenna 10-year, Heaven Hill 7-year, and Buffalo Trace, all $8 a pour. Plus, if you are focused on the Carolina Panthers at some point, you are going to want to hurt somebody, take time out and do some axe throwing. Exactly. Plus, they have alcohol slushies, my favorite. Uh, and good God, you will need them watching the Carolina Panthers. Plenty of oh, great. I would have stressed down at least three of those. Oh my God! There's no way in that second half that you come out of that sober if you're hanging out at absolutely uh, not. No. Like happily not sober, by right. the way. With a designated driver. Absolutely. And enjoying all the beautiful art on the wall. Yes. Graffiti 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Uh, Lauren, I mean, I know we ask every week, was Bryce too short this week? <laughs> 
I did. I did recall one comment from Greg Olson okay. during during the broadcast where he mentioned that um, they maybe would need to put him under center a little bit, yeah. but he can't always see. Oh boy! When they do that, like well, I was like, oh no! But did that was you, the only time I remember it mentioned. Did you hear the story before the game that Tom Rinaldi told? Oh, about- I, oh, I heard you. I heard it because I texted you immediately <laughs> as I was watching it on replay. I immediately texted you. I'm like, Bryce Young swears. More at 11, I guess. Like, what is that story? Like, For people that missed it, Bryce Young called a players-only meeting and Tom Rinaldi (laughs) said... Those always go well. ...that players (laughs) players were taken aback by how confrontational Bryce was. And Tom Rinaldi's exact words, some said he even swore (gasps) using language they had never heard before. Uh, Here's the thing. If I'm Bryce Young and not like this other, you know, know, QB guy that's been molded his whole life to be a starting quarterback... (laughs) I would have punched someone. Yeah. Maybe. I would have at least slapped them a little bit. Uh, I would have wanted to. I would have challenged all of them to fight me. <laughs> you can't fight for me. Why don't you just fight me Why don't right you just now? Fight, against fight me. me. You know punch what? me in the face. You might as well. I get as, punched in the face. You're gonna let weekend. you're gonna let other people beat me up. Why don't you go ahead and do it your go dance? Ahead, so. Take a shot. <laughs> take Let's a go. shot. Let's Bryce go. Young can't be killed. <laughs> uh Go, all right, so we all agree Bryce was too short, but it doesn't matter because this team is bad. Lauren, it is so bad, and the assumption was this was going to be so bad that the long-awaited uh, long reunion of Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson happens at a suite at Bank of America Stadium. They tell Jimmy Johnson, after decades of deserving it, he's going into the Cowboys' ring of honor at Bank of America Stadium where they are sharing a suite. Like, that is embarrassing. Why, though? Like, why would they want to do it there anyway? My only assumption is that Jerry Jones was there because he was traveling with the Cowboys, and he told Jimmy Johnson, why don't you fly here this week instead of L.A.? Special shout-out to the Cowboys fans that I know. Some of you are great, and some of you were not on a bandwagon because, let's face it, y'all won a Super Bowl in, I mean, I don't know, 90s at some point? 95, right? Right. Super Bowl 30 was the last Haven't played in a Super Bowl since then as well. You know, so I get it. But you're not a bandwagon because that has not, there has not been a bandwagon to ride. (laughs) Right. However, the way y'all act sometimes, it's like, this is why people are so happy when you lose. It's not because we're anyone's jealous of you anymore. A lot of people weren't alive when you guys were <laughs> right. good. I'm sorry, it's just true. A yeah. lot of people watching football today weren't alive when you guys were good. So it's really not that. It's because y'all are so obnoxious for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's the New York Yankees. It's yes. Duke basketball and granted, those droughts are not as long Lakers, as... Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, yeah, yeah Celtics especially. Like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so sorry. At this point, the haters can say, oh, no, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but Celtics. Not all fans, you know. I mean, I'm not saying everybody. When the Celtics were getting uh, just blown up by the heat in Game 7, it really upset me that I feel the same way as Bill Simmons does right now. So, no, I I understand. But, like, to do that in in an opposing team suite, it's it's reflective of what everyone hates about the Cowboys, to be honest. Uh, But look, the Cowboys are a much better team right now than the Carolina Panthers. In fact, Greg Olson referred multiple times to how bad this was supposed to be. Yeah, well, because it was weirdly close. Like like, The fact that he was surprised in the second, or the first half, rather, that Carolina was able to keep it this close. And Carolina did not look good Really at all. I mean, they yeah, did not, good not, things, but the, they weren't finishing any drive. Right. Like the best they looked, in my opinion, was that thir- was that third quarter drive that went yep. like 
however many plays. It felt like it went on forever. Was that the one that ended with the touchdown? Yeah, to time mercifully. Yeah. I almost texted you and I said, Dimitri, I will throw my television out the window if they don't score a touchdown yeah. here. I, that drive was like, because it was all so difficult. They they had to convert like five fourth downs or something ridiculous. <laughs> that cuts it to one score and then they promptly throw up on themselves. Yeah. Uh, do us a favor, like and subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen or watch uh, and take time to leave a comment. Every time you do, that uh, gives the algorithm the message that people like this show and they should be putting it in front of other eyeballs. So whether it is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever, take time to like, subscribe, and leave a comment and help spread the word about Young Gun. Uh, by the time you are seeing this, we will have picked our winner for the Christmas Lights Contest and we will have uh, uh, pictures and, and talk all about it here on a coming show. But thank you to everybody that entered. Uh, before that game even started yesterday, Lauren, Frank Reich was like a million percent fired already, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah. I mean, we've all kind of seen the writing on the wall yeah. for a while. And we all kept thinking, if they don't figure out a way to like muster something out of the season and start showing improvement, like yeah. if it keeps going this way and it has kept going this way, then you're going to have to. I mean, and you can debate the pros and cons about like when you fire him. I don't know the best answer to that. I mm -hmm. guess there's the whole philosophy of if you leave him and he starts winning, then, then you know, what do you do then? I, I don't know the answer to that either. I just know that I shouldn't be seriously entertaining in my own brain the idea of whether or not he's trying to get fired on purpose at this point. It's I mean, look, <laughs> I don't think you take back the play calling unless you've been told, dude, you're on your last leg. And I mean... In my experience, and granted, the normal world is not the NFL. When you're told you're on your last leg, it's already too late. Right. Like, there's no turning it around. You get put on like point. a performance review or something at work. Right. You know that's probably not ending well for you. Yeah. I mean, let's say even if he is not fired, given what we saw yesterday, like when it collapsed, it collapsed hard. Is there anything after that that the team could do for you to regain confidence, not just in Reich, but in this entire coaching staff? I mean... Maybe like if he came out and was like, listen, I was on some weird medication. <laughs> <laughs> some games I blacked out. Like yeah, I don't sure. even remember them. <laughs> then maybe. But like otherwise, it seems like he gets in front of everyone and says things that most of us sane people know are lies. Yeah. After games. Like not even like, oh, he's exaggerating. Like, it's a lie. You're you're lying to me. You are are you referring to the uh high ankle sprain? Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I mean, I'm sorry. That was initially for me that I'm like, this man does not tell the truth. No, I mean, it, that felt like a lifetime ago is why I... No, for sure. But that established my distrust already. Uh, after the game yesterday, he said that really they dominated the line of scrimmage. In the first half. And I what? don't think He got that's sacked, I think it was three times, three times in the first quarter? Seven times the overall. Quarter. Uh, two, the first two, or I'm sorry, at least the first one, I don't think anybody touched Micah Parsons on the way to... Did you Bryce, see what yeah. the deal was with Micah Parsons, though? Uh, what the way they moved he him around? No, he accidentally took some supplement <laughs> that like made him it, like his heart was like racing. He puked on the sideline multiple times, <laughs> and he's like, "I will never take that again." Yeah. Because he was like, heart was pounding really, and he was like freaking out. That but, tells like, you a lot about the Carolina Panthers' offensive line, right? <laughs> like you have a guy on the verge of a heart attack that is just busting through completely right. untouched. Reminded me of like Forrest Whitaker in uh, was that what's the <laughs> fast after Rich? Vine. Yeah, like just going insane. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Well, that I mean that explains at least part of it. And then the Panthers' O line explains 
the rest. Yeah. Uh, the penalty problems you mentioned in the first <sighs> segment, the false start out of the halftime. I mean, another false start Did when they, they were the looking at third and one the in the game half. as well. They had some kind of penalty. It was like, no, they, they had a holding penalty on yes. the first play of yes. the second half. Are you for real? Are you for real? And then the false start when they're looking at third and one. Third and one and a half. Yeah, that's what they were calling it. Just get out. Get out. I mean, that is a... And all the personal fouls are... Uh, yeah, the last that, couple yeah, the of weeks like lost its complete mind on well, that one drive like, and to me that's that why Dak Prescott by uh, Barno unacceptable yeah. just want to say that like that was not cool yeah. I would have been super I'm like I, I'm glad it didn't erupt into a brawl I would have wanted to fight him over that too <laughs> if that were my quarterback like that was not cool I mean it's it's the reason that I say what on earth could Frank Reich do or could this team do for you to regain your confidence in Frank Reich like there is clearly a we're not listening there's a disconnect between the locker room and the coaching staff at this point yeah, I mean, I, I guess so, right? Although, like, it's hard to say that, I guess, when, like, you hear the coach get up every week yeah. and say things that you're like, no, yeah. that's not, that's the thing. And maybe they hear that, too. Like, maybe they're hearing the coach say things and they're like, that's not what we're saying. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, if you can't even, maybe he's lying to us. Coaches do that all the time. It's whatever. He's just very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, we are on Origin Sports each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. So uh, if you have ever wanted to experience this podcast on your big screen television, it is totally possible. Origin Sports is available on all of your fast services, whether that is Samsung TV Plus, Zumo, Roku, Amazon Freebie. Take some time Tuesday night and watch us at 7 o'clock on Origin Sports. So if Frank Wright gets canned, what on earth do you do? Because I don't have a lot of belief in anybody on this staff. I know that it might be unfair to base that on what we saw out of three games well, of Thomas Brown being my, told to call Frank Reich's playbook. My, but, my thing is, like, I don't know that uh, no one's going to help. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're good or bad. It's and just see, this is this is one of the things I think is worth like I do think we have to acknowledge this. As much as we put a lot of blame for the season on Frank Reich, for the culture on Dave Tepper. Yeah. I do think that the the bulk of this falls at Offen fitters. Uh, feet. The offensive personnel. Well, yeah. I mean, just the personnel Period. in general. Like it does not matter who they pick to coach this team this year. This team sucks. Right. Like the defense is pretty is decent. Yeah. You know, it really is. Uh, but it's not like good enough to be dominant yep. by any stretch. And then the offense is literally putrid. A, a top half of the league defense is not good enough for a bottom one of the league offense. Like period. No. Mm -mm. Period. So I, I don't know how this is bouncing back. You can't it. Iowa your way to wins no, in, in the not National in the Football League. No. Uh, I, especially not in 2023, like I think the days of the 2000 Baltimore uh, Ravens are long gone. Um, I, I do think we have to ask this question because obviously it would put a damper on the podcast, but uh, I do think oh, it is boy. worth asking. The interim for this team last year after Matt Rule got fired was Steve Wilkes. Yes. Wilkes has an experience as a head coach that I worry could be coming to Carolina. And that is what he went through in 2018 at Arizona, where they fire the coach and they just decide full clean slate. 
like we are we are wiping out the quarterback. We're recognizing that we mis- we uh, made a misstep on this draft pick and this hire, and we are completely starting over. It's easier to say no, that's not going to happen because the Panthers are not holding their draft pick, their number one draft pick uh, this year. But I don't know, man. Like, what have you seen that makes you think that is completely off the table? What that they would just start they all would the way just over? Completely blow it up. Um, I don't. I mean, the fact the only thing I think that would lead me to somewhat believe that is just the fact that David Tepper and the decision makers keep acting as if they're like competing for something like that they could compete for something this year. Yeah. Right. Like that's the whole point of trading away picks, isn't it? Is to compete now. Sure. And they obviously very much misevaluated what it would take for a quarterback like Bryce Young to be successful Mm -hmm. as your franchise quarterback. And I don't know, trading away your best running back um, in Christian McCaffrey. And I, I get why they did that, but then in, in trading away DJ Moore, your best receiver, and then trying to replace them with spare parts yeah, is not the best way. To, I don't know. Not the best way. It, it, it seems like, and this is why I put a lot at Fitterer's feet is because yeah. I, I, you're right. Like the, the total misevaluation of where they were in trading up for the number one overall pick of the draft was bad. And also I get that probably you could make the argument that the market for contracts for running backs being what it is means the market for trades for running backs probably dictated that they got what they could right. for Christian McCaffrey. 100%. But, but, and that's tough. Like, but McCaffrey's it, the type of weapon you should be holding out for a number one pick for or not trade yes. him. Yes, like to not get a number one for him is yes. insane. It's I, just insane. I mean, the... the um assets are just not there to make any sort of turnaround. And that's why last week I was ready to just sort of throw up my hands and say, bench Bryce, this isn't happening For this sure. year. Well, All you're doing is setting the kid back. And it's a, it's a disconnect. Yeah. It's a disconnect because you, right, even said after the game, you know, like, oh, you know, I get fans are frustrated. It takes time. I'm like, what do you mean it takes time? Yeah. We were told this was a roster that could compete for a spot in the playoff right. in a terrible division. Right. That's the thing. Like, it, it absolutely. <laughs> Y'all are making decisions as if that's what you want to do right, right. now. It so, absolutely takes time. But we were sold that you are the reason it doesn't have to take time. I didn't know this was a rebuild. Yeah. yeah we were totally sold on the problem was Matt Rule. Yeah. And, and look, he was still a problem. I'm, for sure. Listen, I'm not going to... Obs- and good for him for whatever it is he's doing at Nebraska. They seem better. Um, cute. <laughs> Don't tell them that these last two weeks. Uh, <laughs> I did enjoy his mafia uh, metaphor yeah. that he put out the other day. about <laughs> That was a good quote. I wish we'd gotten more things sure. like that that make him seem like a real person instead yeah. of a lot of corporate speak jargon, NFL coach speak nonsense. That I, made him I, seem I would like- argue the difference between his, his quote for people that didn't see it was that being a coach is a lot like being in the member of being a member of yeah. the mafia where, you know, it's only going to end one way. I would argue that any mafia member that gets whacked would love to have the eight figure buyout that comes along with uh, getting whacked as a head coach in football. Well, maybe maybe their families do. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. be quiet. Just saying. I don't know how the mafia works. Sure, just... the Jimbo Fisher hit where you get plugged in the back of the head and your family gets seventy-seven million dollars. <laughs> um, you know, okay. But you you asked who would be interim? I guess. Are we? Yeah. Are we going? Okay. I do want to say this off the top. I am not okay with for a second straight year putting yet another black assistant coach into that role. Someone that. You know, I'm not even saying whether or not they deserve consideration, Mm -hmm. regardless of of like who it is. 
for the head coaching job, but that one that you make clear from the jump will not be receiving sure. any serious consideration sure. to replace your next guy. So they're screwed already from the jump. They inherit an awful team that it gives other teams an excuse to not have to hire them back to do something. I do, I'm not okay with it. There's already enough of a problem with getting black coaches into the door. I do not like that look for them. So I would advocate for interim head coach Dom Capers. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't I don't want to poo-poo your overall point because your overall point I agree with. Like, it, it is already Josh hard McCown. enough. I mean, look, it's what the Houston Texans have been waiting for. Let someone else bite the bullet and then we can fire D'Amico Ryans, even though there's no reason to. Um, exactly. I they look love at, that. I look at this staff top to bottom and I look at this roster and say, what has anybody done to earn the benefit of the doubt? And I am not, like I said, no, I, I'm not I, yeah, trying to I'm go not, against not, your point. I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. Like, I'm just, I'm looking at what this team has done on the field. And I don't just mean the wins and losses. I mean, just the way they play completely undisciplined. They can't get out of their own way. They can't protect yeah. their quarterback. Nobody can get separation of a receiver. And, you know, I, I mean, I look at this and go, you know what? If somebody loses a job over this, Frank Reich, deserved. If other guys can't get jobs after this because they had to take over the mess, that's what I'm deserved. saying. Deserved. Well, deserved. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think that it's tough because, you know, but a like, lot of a lot of NFL stuff ends up being top down, right? So there sure. are very good coordinators that come off of bad teams, go into good yes. situations, and thrive. I, so I'm I not one at, of those people that think I, that buys into that. I, I look at this group though, and I look what about at, John Lilly, the tight ends coach. <laughs> so some they of them, they've been well. Oh no, no I, been actually, actually. Every week we discover a new person exists as a tight end. Yeah. I think that's a win for John Lilly. <laughs> I mean, they seem to be fine as blockers. I haven't noticed anything too egregious. Greg Olson was shouting them out on sure. the broadcast as well. I, I think you look at people like Evero, uh, like Brown to a lesser extent because he's much younger, but certainly like Caldwell and say, I think they have developed enough of a reputation in this league that the league will say that was Dave Tepper, Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich and not hold it against them. I, I well, I don't know. Not for the younger ones to me. Yeah, well, I mean, Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, I think well, Thomas Brown is in a different boat. Yeah, I do too. I don't want that to be put on him. Yeah. I mean, he can say yes or no. Like, it's his own decision if they offered it. But like, I, I, that's something I would not be comfortable with as a fan of the team. It's not something I would get be could get behind, and it's something that I would not like one bit. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I am, I am not romantic about this team. Um, not at not, all. Just make Frank Craig finish it out. What's what's yeah, he gonna do? That's, I I agree with he you. He got other I mean, plans. He wants to go to the beach or something. Too bad. You wear this. <laughs> yes, you, you wear this you, and you like this. it. <laughs> you wear it the rest of the year, buddy. The midweek uh, talk through edition of this show drops every Thursday. I have a feeling we'll be dropping the episode on Wednesday of this week uh, because it is the short holiday week. I was like, why? Is something going on? Is something there? going? Yeah, yeah. A little a little thing. Um, but, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll have more information on that later on in the week, but please join us for the midweek talk through each and every Thursday, everywhere you get this show. Uh, Lauren, it is Thanksgiving week. Yes. Is there anything for Panthers fans to be thankful for? Yes. And I'm really glad you asked this. Okay. Um, Anish Shroff, the voice of the Panthers yep. on the radio now, um, he has been putting out this podcast, this wonderful podcast that I kept. It's one of those things you keep meeting to start and then you keep forgetting. Yeah. I ended up binging it in like a few hours. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. It's called The Cardiac Cats. It's about the 2003 season. Um it's called just cardiac, actually. Excuse me. I don't want to tell you to search the wrong thing <laughs> and miss it. It's called cardiac. 
and it's about the whole 2003 season. Um, you know, they do highlight some individual games in there as well. Like there is an entire, this episode was like written for me. It's like if AI <laughs> was like, let's do a podcast episode based on Lauren Brownlow's like right. Steve Smith and his origin story, like <laughs> X clown, the Rams game, like all, oh, oh yeah. Just right into my veins, yeah. right into my veins. It was like, that was the longest episode. It was about 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Which, so it's a quick listen as well. But like the endorphins, the hits I am of endorphins I'm getting from these episodes. It did. It has legit because that is when I truly fell deeply in love mm-hmm. with this team. It was when they formed their identity. You hear the origins of Keep Pounding and Sam Mills and how sick he was. And there was a quote in there too about him like standing with the silhouette of the Charlotte skyline as he's like giving that speech. And I was like, dang. Kevin Donnelly was talking about yeah. that, the former offensive lineman. I'm like, I'm like getting chills, legit. Like even just recounting. It. It's a really well done podcast. It's a quick listen but it's a really fun listen. And if you need a reminder of like why you loved this team in the first place and why you subject yourself to week right. after week <laughs> right. of this, it this will be a good reminder. I'm not saying that means like, oh, you should continue to. I'm just saying like, it's a nice reminder of like, hey, I wasn't insane too. No, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's my, a good reminder. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I said you can't do the 2000 uh, Baltimore Ravens thing anymore. If you think about the group of quarterbacks that won Super Bowls or went to Super Bowls during that time, Jake DeLome is right in there with Brad Johnson, really for sure with rookie pay, uh, Peyton Manning, Jesus with, uh, with first Super Bowl Tom Brady of like, who the hell are these guys? Like <laughs> how on earth are these that quarterbacks of the best teams in the league? Right. And even when the Panthers played the Patriots in that Super Bowl, Tom Brady was still not yet. Yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. We were still probably a season away from him being undeniably yeah. a star and probably 100%. three seasons away from, from him like being the Randy Moss year. Yes, yeah. Exactly. We were about three or four years away from that. And so like, and he took a lot of heat for being like a game, whatever, not yeah. game manager. No one ever really said that about him, but like yeah, the great defense and all this other stuff. But anyway, it was just, I mean, you get like a peek into Steve Smith and Jake DeLome's banter, which is wonderful. Yeah. Like they bicker. They've always bickered like a married couple or so. It's just so funny. And like, I, I had forgotten that the first touch of steve smith's career as a kick returner uh he took it to the house yeah um (laughs) it's legendary stuff it's i mean that 2003 team is a really good picture of what is wrong right now like if your quarterback is not all everything it can be made up for but it can't be made up for with guys that have no hope they talked about that like they talked about trying to find the guy and they they had even brought rodney pita in the season before and it just didn't you know it was it wasn't working out john fox slid over the new guy and guy that they'd been scouting like watching him throw on the sidelines with the saints because he was like their third stringer and they were like we kind of like this guy there's something about him we kind of like and i I get it like jake wasn't perfect but like when he was at his best like he could make plays for you he was spunky i've I've talked to rodney about that season before and he has like very little animosity towards the idea wonderful guy i mean he had very little animosity towards the idea of like no yeah they got the right guy it just wasn't just right. wasn't my fit. And they they even said, like, Rodney was a great leader. Like, yep. he, he brought so much. Good. And that's the thing. Like, you got so many guys in that locker room that, like, that's what the culture was built on. Guys yep. like Sam, who, like, were, were so he was so sick as the linebackers coach. Like, he had intestinal cancer. It was, like, late stages. He didn't tell anybody how sick he was yep. either. And just hearing all of that, you just, it was, that's how the culture was formed. They were like, keep, like, yeah, maybe we're not supposed to win in these playoffs. Like, when he's talking, but keep pounding, man. That's what we do. Yeah. And that's what the culture was built on. And it just now it's being mocked by dumb Cowboys fans online. It's whose culture has become disappointment, but they don't understand that. Yeah. It's 
it's tough. I found my daughter was in her uh, her junior high school's musical. Uh, she was the lead. She was uh, Fiona in Shrek. I loved that. And I loved seeing that. I found myself rewatching the videos of her singing as opposed to paying attention to the game yesterday. There's not. It's nothing cooler than when your kid does something oh, cool. Sure. It's like the biggest rush yeah. you could ever have. Yeah, and my kid is a uh, my daughter is a little like super art she kid, was right? great she plays guitar she sings she does art and my son you know my son is the athlete and, and little uh genius of the family but it is one of those things where it's like i've seen this i've watched it over and over again but certainly it is better than having to spend any more seconds watching this happen to bryce watching this team like i i literally i almost texted you but i knew you were watching the, the movie with uh with your son I almost yesterday got to this point where I resented you and Joe Obvious for making me watch this team this season. <laughs> I understand. Believe I'm, I, I've told you, I literally quit watching them last year yeah. for self-care. Yeah. Steve Wilkes and, and the way that team played at the end got me back in. Just because that's the thing. That's what Panthers fans want to see. We don't, it's not that we don't care about wins and losses. We do. We don't want to watch this. Yeah. It's not though that it's happening in wins and losses. It's not even that they're getting blown out. It's that they're freaking embarrassing. But it's all, but like yesterday's a really good Their example of this. is embarrassing. If they did not become so embarrassing by the end of that first half, oh my anything God. could have happened in that game. Like, For sure. Like the fact that the defense basically gave up a yep. touchdown because they decided that they were mad yeah. and wanted to hit some people late. That was, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you played so well the whole game. I understand why you're mad overall. I get it. That's not <laughs> the way. It's just not the way. Yeah. Like, don't be stupid. We have enough problems. 